You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, where we deliver weekly masterclass interviews on topics to help you make your first or next step in business the right one. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Today's guest is the author of the book, Pivot, which Business Insider has ranked among the top 20 best business books of 2016. And in 2017, Pivot was named one of the seven books that will change the way you work. My guest today is Jenny Blake, and in today's episode, she's going to take us through her four-stage method for successfully pivoting your career, business, or even your side hustle. You'll quickly realize how relevant this topic is as we get into our conversation today. So let's not wait any longer. Here is my conversation with Jenny Blake about effectively pivoting your business. Jenny, welcome to the Creating a Brand podcast. So excited to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Alex. I'm honored to be here and grateful that you've done the deep dive into Pivot World. I have. We were talking offline. I've gone through this book in extensive detail for my own knowledge, and uh, I fell in love with the book. So Jenny, thank you for what you've done here. I'm excited to get into it with you today. Thank you. Me too. So I think the best place to start is by defining a pivot. What does this even mean? I know we hear it thrown around. It's now I hear the word pivot or see it in the headlines every single day. I, I wanted to think about in the world of startups, even the book, The Lean Startup by Eric Reese, when people talked about pivoting, it was often plan B, that a business was struggling or about to fail, about to collapse. And so the company had to pivot to stay afloat. And so two orienting questions guided when I started working on this book in 2013. One was, how can people be as agile as startups? How can people get better at navigating change and the ups and downs of life and work? And what does it really mean to pivot? Well, you just asked me that what if our pivots weren't a problem and they weren't a personal shortcoming? In fact, pivots are the new plan A. I was noticing that in myself and others, even if we had quote, perfect jobs on paper, that we would still hit these plateaus or pivot points. And because I didn't have that language at the time earlier in my career, they always felt like a crisis. I worked at Google five and a half years. And every time I hit a pivot point in inside of Google, I thought there's, there must be something wrong with me. Why can't I be happy here? And in the course of working on this book and interviewing people, the big secret is we're pivoting more often than not. And what is a pivot? I define it as a, a related shift in a new direction. It's a pivot because we're not starting from scratch. So a pivot could be within your current role, within your current business, if you're self-employed, or of course it could be larger moves, but it doesn't always have to be. A pivot is, think like a basketball player, one foot is planted and that's your foundation. And then the pivot foot can scan for passing options. So my definition of the term, especially as it relates to our careers, is that one foot is grounded in our strengths and our vision of what success looks like. And then we look for options rather than what most people do, which is hit a pivot point and immediately start saying what's out there. It's like the we don't have a plant foot. So it feels a lot more aimless and hectic and chaotic and like a crisis when that's the case. That's a great way to describe it. I appreciate you starting us off that way. Something in your book that you mentioned in the introduction actually is to pivot or get pivoted. Can you explain why it's important for us to be proactive with this in today's world? Pivot is a mindset and a method. So in the book, I share the four stage pivot method and we could get into that in this conversation. Pivot as a mindset is that if we're not constantly looking for how am I learning, growing, making an impact, then we are at risk of getting pivoted. And also, 
it's the reality that because we live in an unpredictable world and an unpredictable universe, even if we're not setting out to make a big change, sometimes change chooses us. With the pandemic that we've experienced in 2020, we all got pivoted, all of us. Nobody, at least in the States, nobody saw it coming at the scale that happened with everything going on pause, everybody working from home, companies doing layoffs, small businesses shuttering their doors. This was a pivot of epic proportions. And every single person got pivoted in some way or another, even if they kept their job. It's 100% true. I mean, even me, I'm in a very stable job. However, I moved to full remote and I moved my teams to remote. And not everyone was able to even even stay on with me. Um, it was really interesting because it hit like out of nowhere. And I love that we're actually talking about this topic today, because although we happen to be recording during during COVID-19, the coronavirus, uh, I tried to book you months ago, and it just happened. This worked out to be the timing. So I like shifted my entire uh, season of the podcast to get you in the middle of this, because I think it's so relevant right now. People are actually hearing the term pivot like they never have before. I mean, like you said, like we talked about offline, when you wrote the book, it wasn't even really a, a ride term at that point. And all people were saying it, but now it's really something that's more mainstream. People are talking about it more than ever right now. With that said, I'd love for you to jump into giving us a quick overview of the four stages that make up the pivot method as talked about throughout your book. Can you share these with us and then we'll dive into them a little bit deeper? Absolutely. And first I'll say kudos to you for, thank you for bringing me on and and look at you being agile. Like you're saying, okay, I had a season planned and my season was planned for certain dates, but wow, the whole world has changed. What content is relevant? What timing is relevant? So I love hearing how you've adapted. I mean, talk about a pivot mindset. <laughs> it's exactly it, which is saying that the David White, he's a poet. He, one of my favorite quotes is that which you can plan is too small for you to live. And so I love your story, Alex, of just being in the moment. And that's that's also how I define pivot as a mindset is being agile and saying, okay, things might happen to me or to us. How do we respond? How do we transform those events, those things that that seem stressful or seem terrible and, and make something of it. And, and you're creating during this time and, and trying to help people during this time, which is really beautiful. So yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. To get into the four stages, it really, it does all build from this basketball analogy or metaphor. So plant is the first stage and this is two parts, your strengths, what's working best right now, even if it's only 10% of the work you do, what energizes you most and what does success look like? Typically, I say one year from now, but when times are really changing quickly, you might want to even say, what does success look like six months from now? But certainly nobody can plan five years from now. So I just threw out that old career question. Where do you see yourself in five years? Thank you for avoiding the where do you see yourself in five years question. I think the world is moving a little too fast paced for us to really have an idea of how to even answer that anymore. Uh, Now, before moving on from this point, because it is such an important one, can you expand a bit more and perhaps provide us with another metaphor? Another metaphor, if we switch off the basketball player, think about Google Maps. You are here and you generally want to end up wherever you point your destination pin. Only once you have those two points, those two brackets, does it make sense to start looking at transportation options, different routes you could take, different roadblocks. So plant is about strengths and vision. Then once you have that foundation, that's that plant foot, your your source of strength for your pivot, then you can scan for passing options. So in the pivot method, scan is for three things, people, skills, and projects related to what you just captured in your strengths 
and one-year vision. Most people scan without a plan. They hit a pivot point or they get pivoted and they immediately go, what's out there? I better start talking to people and looking at job boards. But it's not, it's not grounded. It's not connected to what energizes them most and what success looks like. So only once you have those two things, then you scan people, skills, and projects. And that takes us to the third stage pilot, which is about small experiments. Nobody can know the answer to their pivot up front. And that's a big misconception that people think, well, I have to know what I'm doing next in order to get going, in order to start taking action. It's the opposite. I love metaphors. So (laughs) the metaphor I use for the pilot stage is racehorses at the Kentucky Derby. There's no way you can know which horse is going to win. Your job is to set up these small experiments, lift the starting gates and say, go and see which of your pilots take on a momentum of their own. And you can repeat that plant scan pilot over and over. It's a cycle, not a linear one and done process until eventually you're ready to launch. Launch could be big L launch. You launch a podcast, you launch into a new job, into a new industry, into a new company, into your own business or a little L launch, I think of that as what are one or two meaningful next steps. So after you've done the plant scan pilot, brainstorm small experiments, the two questions I always like to ask are, what is one small step I can take next week or this week? And what one next step would make the biggest impact? And that's all you ever have to know is just one or two small next steps that start your pivot snowball. The four stages of the pivot method are plant, scan, pilot, and launch. First off, Jenny, I really appreciate the fact that you're all about practical application and using metaphors that help us visualize the points makes it a lot easier for the audience to follow today. Now, as I personally began implementing your four-stage pivot method, I quickly realized it was alleviating a lot of stress and anxiety from me during the process. And it was for a very specific reason, and that's because it was a process not a giant single movement. Is what I'm experiencing a common trend among people going through your pivot method? Yeah. And if, if, if you're thinking of your pivot as this big decision and it's all in or nothing at all, and it's this big, scary thing. So the people who are most successful just have an, a mindset of small experiments and then they see where it takes them. For example, maybe you're taking on one new project at work that relates to your strengths and your vision. Maybe you're launching one new activity in your business if you're self-employed, but it doesn't have to be, the whole point of a pivot is that, again, you're not starting from scratch and you're not making a move so big that you're panicked about it. If I told people listening, even if you have a job right now and we may be going into a recession or depression, you should quit your job tomorrow. It now is the perfect time to start a business. (laughs) Well, how many people would be utterly panicked (laughs) by that advice? Yeah, exactly. So instead, what if you're still creating something with your name on it and adding value and connecting with people? It's one of the things I love about having a podcast. Um, Mine's called Pivot with Jenny Blake. And I just love who I get to talk to. It's just incredible what connections get sparked. And you're getting to do that while hitting record to benefit a potential audience as well. So I think something like a podcast or writing, I call it public original thinking, those are all steps that a person could take without having to make the big D with the, you know, big D decision. Right. What am I going to do next? Cause if you find yourself paralyzed out of overwhelm, you probably need to break your pivot down into smaller steps or experiments. 
So what you just said there to break it down into smaller steps, I think that that is a key for a lot of the audience today. I know that people are listening to this and that it's kind of their aha moment. They're hearing that like, oh, I don't have to quit my job and start a new company today. Or if I want to start a new company, I don't have to quit my job. Or if I want to get uh, moved to a different industry, like I don't have to do it all in one step. And I think that that's where anxiety, overwhelm, and uh, stress comes from is when we feel like, oh, we have to do it all in one single motion. You've broke it into four stages, which I think is so much more powerful. And also, I'm guessing a lot more people succeed in the way they pivot because of this, this actual method that you have here versus just going after it, one, you know, just kind of ready, fire, aim, as I'll say, right? Right. Well, and, and how do you define success? So there are people in the book who pivoted and then pivoted again. That once you get better at this whole process, you realize how kind of impermanent it all is. There's nothing set in stone just because you you make your big capital P pivot for me leaving Google to go out on my own in 2011. I've pivoted a thousand times in my business since then or in different streams of income. And so that's the other thing. I think the big insight is, oh, we're in a state of pivot more often than not. And in fact, when I was interviewing people and talking about the book, almost every single person I spoke with said, oh my gosh, I need that book. I'm pivoting right now, or I just got pivoted, or I'm about to make a move. And there were, it was rare that somebody didn't have that reaction. And yet here we all are thinking we're alone, thinking we're the only one wondering what's next and how we're going to get there. As a thank you for listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, I'd like to invite you to join our private community for free. If you text the word community to one 299 I'll respond with a free invitation link. Once you join, I'll connect you with other community members and resources to help accelerate your success. Join today by texting the word community to one 299 I'm looking forward to talking to you within the Creating a Brand community. And now let's get back to today's episode. You just hit on something very important. We're not alone. I think we all automatically assume that when change is happening in our lives, we're needing to pivot, that it's just us. But as you've said before, we're pivoting more times than we're not. So none of us are alone. I think that this is actually a perfect time for us to transition now into where we're all at in life right now. We're at a pivot point for the world. And as individuals, I believe that we're always pivoting in some way, shape or form. So I believe this is a great time for us to jump into the four stages in more detail, beginning with plant which I view this stage as the act of self-discovery. Would you say that I'm right about that? Definitely. Self-discoveries and really about what what energizes you and what are your strengths? What are you best at? Yes. And then the self-discovery piece of what does success look like? So even if you don't know specifics, you don't need to know the whole how, but just let's say a year from now, six months from now, how do you want to feel? How do you want to grow? What do you want to learn? What kind of impact do you want to make? What's your ideal day-to-day, your ideal environment? Who are you surrounded by? All kinds of that stuff is, um, that's the vision piece that again, don't put, don't make that a pressure exercise, but more exploratory. And imagine if that age old question, if time and money weren't an issue, what would success be like if you weren't shooting yourself down? Because also when we ask those vision questions, that's when our gremlins come to tell us, who do you think you are to have that dream? (laughs) But if you just let it, let your mind wander, then that gives you so much, so many ideas that will fuel the later stages. I think that that's absolutely right. For me, this comes down to my actual reflection time where I'm actually reflecting on my life, where I'm going. I do this on a regular basis. Is that kind of how you would sit down and start this whole process? 
Definitely. And, and, and depending if you do it regularly, that's incredible. And also I like to ask, what haven't I thought of yet? Or even you could survey family and friends. What are three of my strengths? What do you perceive? And then trying to really uncover and even track your energy. So I got this from a company called Helios. They run a, an assessment called Strength Scope, which is even on a simple piece of paper, just tracking what energizes you throughout your day, throughout your week, and what drains you. And do that for two weeks and just get some intel about what it is you actually look forward to in your day-to-day -day life and work and what drains your energy. And that exercise alone can also help you figure out what of your strengths and energizers can you double down on as you move into a new direction. Creating a brand, if you're not doing this yet, I'm telling you, this is so powerful. Survey your family and friends and then also sit down and make that list of a, for a full week. What do you enjoy? What do you not enjoy? You'll be shocked how much you actually learn about yourself. Uh, Jenny, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Uh, I want to move along to stage two, scan. Uh, the exploration phase is what this is also referred to as. Can you explain a little bit more in detail what this means? Sure. So what, let's let's go back to the Google Maps analogy. Once you have your starting point and your desired destination-ish, <laughs> I say ish to always take the pressure off, now you can scan. Okay, like how, how am I going to close this gap? Because the exciting thing about pivoting is the growth that happens. No matter if it's a a large pivot, a big move, or something small. Again, how you want to grow even within the role or business that you have. There's a gap. And that gap is the growth process. So as you start to bridge that gap between where you are now and what success looks like, what skills do you want to build? What do you need to learn? What, um, who can you talk to? Who's doing what you want to do? So again, people, skills, projects. So people, who do you admire? Who could you follow even from afar? I follow authors and podcasters that I appreciate and I might never get on the phone with them, but I learn from them all the time. Who are some of your friend tours, peers that motivate and inspire you and energize you? And uh, skills we talked about, how do you want to grow? What would make the biggest impact toward moving toward your one-year vision? And also what would be delightful? What are you just curious about? What would you really enjoy learning? Might be cooking, might be a second language. And then um, projects. So related to your strengths and your one-year vision, projects kind of blends us into pilots, which is this experiment section. But thinking about what kind of work could I take on that I'd be really excited about? Yeah, first off, a little side note here. I, you're like the second guest I've had that's in New York City. And oh, yeah. hearing the sounds of New York City is always fantastic in the background. Yeah, so, I was noticing that. Will too, not be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> I know, my, you're getting the authentic New York City. My window right. cracked open, I just realized. And they've said that the streets are so quiet that all you can hear are sirens right now because we are recording this in mid-April. And right. that's just the nature of reality right now. So I guess this podcast is capturing that for posterity safe. <laughs> welcome, welcome to New York City, everybody. Yeah. In case you're wondering what it sounds During like right now, pandemic. here it is. <laughs> yep. Yep. So going back into, into this now, what I really like about the, the stage of scanning, it actually takes the pressure off. This is the one that really makes, makes it more relaxed because you're just kind of going out there and exploring what's out there. And here's the thing, if you don't like a direction, at this point, this is the right time to change it because you haven't gone really in on anything yet. It's just you really getting out there and deciding, okay, this is cool. This isn't, I like this, I don't like this, this is what I want, this isn't what I want. You can kind of go out there and really figure those things out. And it gives you the freedom to do that without making a big investment of time or financial for that matter. Yes. And finances are a big 
part of the book because I realized we cannot talk about career change and pivots without directly talking about money. And that was really important to me that there's a whole chapter called Fund Your Runway, which is about how much time do you have to pivot? So if somebody just lost their job and they have to pay the rent or the mortgage in two weeks, they're going to have very different pivot options and pilots than somebody who has been saving up for a year to take a sabbatical to really reflect and think about what they'd like to do next. And there's nothing wrong with either one of those scenarios. But depending on the size of your pivot runway, that does help indicate how much risk you can or might be willing to take on right now and how conservative you might want to be or how the size of the pilots or if you're going to do something like launch a podcast, maybe you teach yourself GarageBand and audio editing so that you don't spend too much money hiring with the highest production value, hiring all these professionals. Yeah, I needed you to tell me that about a year ago, uh, Jenny, but that's <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> this is a great segue, though, into pilot, which is actually my favorite part. Um, can you explain again, piloting? Like, what, what does this mean? How can we practically start doing this? Piloting is my favorite section, too. Actually, plant is the most crucial and it's the one most people skip. But I also love piloting because piloting is where the action is. Piloting is when you really start moving, you, you get out of your head and into the real world. Think about a pilot for a TV show. It's one episode meant to help a network determine if they should pick up the full series. So a good pilot will help you answer three E's. Do I enjoy this area? Can I become an expert at it? And is there room to expand either on your team, in your company, in your business, in the market? So any pilots that you set up are to help you test those three things. Let's go back to the podcasting example, just because here we are. When I was starting my podcast back in 2015, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I, I would say on the podcast, I would record with my little iPhone headphones and I'd say, welcome back, everybody. I don't have any fancy intro or outro music, but here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> and I, I would go back and to one of those now. <laughs> yeah. And I would upload that to SoundCloud. And that was it. That was my podcast. Over time, looking at those three E's, I realized I do really enjoy this. I enjoy everything about it, even teaching myself audio editing and GarageBand. I do want to become an expert at it. I do want to get better at interviewing and presence and powerful questions and even the technical aspects. Now, during the pandemic, I'm podcasting daily, which has been its own fun, invigorating pilot or challenge. And then is there room to expand? So for me, that was about, is there room to expand in terms of my time, in my business? Is there room to expand in the market? I mean, now they say podcasting is quite saturated, but who cares? You will find your audience of the people who want to hear what you have to say in the way you want to say it. And so those three E's have what have kept me podcasting and growing in this way and expanding, even though it takes the most time of anything in my business and earns the least revenue. So it's still such a passion project. And that's another message I'd love to impart on listeners is what defines success? Like if, you, if you're piloting something and it's not your full-time job, who cares? It's just keep going. You never know where these things are going to take you or what serendipities are going to start to occur along the way. So that's what I love about piloting too, is that I'm constantly piloting. I'm, I'm never not piloting and just running little experiments. You don't want to have too many at a time. I'd say three max at any given time where you're really genuinely trying to, you know, see which one's going to take off. But that's the whole thing of having a pivot portfolio as well, that don't put pressure that all of your money and joy and fulfillment and income and creativity has to be expressed through only one channel or one source of income or one employer. 
What you're saying reminds me of two powerful questions that you posed on page 143. What small experiments can you run and what real world data can you collect? For some, piloting means creating a minimum viable product. And for others, it may mean just spending a little bit of money on advertising. But regardless of what it is, your pilot is made to be that test. And as a result, perhaps you learn that it's not going to be something that's going to make money or that maybe you just don't even enjoy at all. But here's the deal. That's why you're testing these things. And as it becomes more of a state of mind, you'll have two or three pilots going on at any given time. And at some point, you'll find one worth pursuing further. And this actually brings us right into the final stage of the pivot method, launch. Yeah. So launch is, is basically, how do you know when you're ready to go all in? And as I described earlier, even since the book came out, I realized the little L launch is just, even after listening to this conversation with Alex and I, what are one or two next steps? And even I would just challenge you to have one. What is one insight or aha that you've had from this conversation? And what is one next step? You took the time out of your day, your very busy day in life, to listen to this conversation. And if you've made it here, you're what my friend Neil Pasricha says is the end of the podcast club. <laughs> so, <laughs> so given that you've come this far, what will you do? And Alex mentioned the book has a big emphasis on practical action steps. And that's really important to me because at the end of the day, I don't think we, we get confident first, nor do we like have to love ourselves full time before we can do anything. I think we just start taking action, start taking small steps. And that's how confidence builds to keep going. Absolutely. Jenny, I absolutely love this book. I love this conversation we've had today. Uh, I'd love for you to give us one last piece of wisdom or advice on the topic of pivoting before we end today. What do you got for us? Here's something that came to me after the book came out. Put yourself in the path of pivot. What do I mean by that? I, a couple years ago, decided that I wanted to go to seminary. So I applied to Union Theological Seminary. I wasn't going to close my business, but I was very interested from my podcast of the intersection of faith and work and faith of all backgrounds. So it could be spiritual, not religious, could be all different backgrounds. But what is deeper than money and success? What is, how do people respond to what they feel is a calling or guidance or connection with something bigger than themselves? And so I applied to, to get a master's degree. And at that time I recorded a podcast called put yourself in the path of pivot, where I had no friggin' clue why I was doing this, why I was applying. I mean, I knew I would expose myself to new ideas, new professors, new people, new books, And that's all. I just knew that I'd be putting myself in a certain path and an environment that would spark the next set of ideas and thinking. I ended up spending a semester and a half at Union, and then my business started taking off that I had been working over a decade to build toward the amount of momentum that started to hit, like multiple big clients, five at once requested me for speaking gigs to travel. Wow. So I ended up going on leave from school, and and I haven't gone back, not because I didn't like it, but juggling school and my business was a lot. And to this day, I don't know if I fully synthesized what did I, what did that semester and a half teach me? I mean, it taught me so many new perspectives, ways to think. I mean, there was a lot of great stuff that came from it, but it's just having that faith and, and willingness to put yourself in new situations and around new people with no clue of what the result is going to be and just being open to what can unfold. Put yourself in the path of pivot. 
new situations and people you cross paths with will open doors for you. Jenny, what an absolute pleasure talking to you today. And thank you so much for this timely wisdom that you shared with us today. Thank you so much, Alex. Likewise, I'm so grateful that you've engage with the material in such a deep way. And thanks for having me on. Thanks for moving up your podcast season. Wow. What a compliment. <laughs> and big, no problem. Big thanks to everybody who's here listening. I'm wishing you all the best with your next steps. And I know that it's, it's never feels easy to pivot, but everyone I've ever interviewed has always said they, they learn and grow so much along the way. So I wish the same for all of you as well. Jenny's four-step method is the most effective strategy for pivoting that I've ever come across. Whether you're an employer or an entrepreneur, I believe that this will work for you. I know it certainly has helped me a lot. After Jenny and I stopped recording, she actually wanted me to extend an exclusive invite to you. Jenny's exclusively offering free access to one of her many courses for creating a brand listeners. It is called Free Up Founder Time, and it'll help you create systems and strategies to free up your time, mind, and money. Hello, who doesn't need that, right? I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Now on to my favorite part, the call to action question for the week. Which of the four stages of the pivot method process stood out to you the most and why? You can answer this multiple choice question by visiting creatingabrand.com slash 045. Jenny, thank you again for being a guest and sharing this timely wisdom with us today. To pick up a copy of Jenny's book and for a link to check out her podcast, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 045. Thank you as always for listening. I'm looking forward to bringing you another masterclass episode next week.